0: This
1: is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action, and you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
2: And on tunein.com, Hing.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact
1: Talk Radio.
3: Welcome to Life Mastery with Todd Allen, the talk radio show that dives into the science of higher consciousness. Join Todd and his guests weekly at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and learn how to live a peaceful life with intentional mastery. Enjoy a survey of inspiring topics such as abundance, intention, health, manifestation, love, and transformation. It's all right here, leading authors, speakers, coaches, entrepreneurs with stories and messages to support your well-being, let alone your most evocative dreams welcome to life
1: Mastery radio it is such a beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest today oh my goodness it's just we have we truly have a gift a little break in the weather today is October 29th of 2013 I want you to just take a minute and get yourself situated. Relax, get in a comfortable position, and take in a deep breath. And let it out with a big, ah, and I always say, let your essence out into the universe. One more. Ah. and get ready for an hour of talk dedicated to help you explore some thoughts and ideas for you to master your life. And today we're going to be exploring some wonderful ideas about love, relationships, and oh my goodness, we might just, we could end up anywhere. As always, I have my sweetheart on the show with me today. She's in my studio looking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Coach Debbie, good day, sweetheart.
4: Good day. Those eyes are getting really big, honey. We've got a lot of essence coming out in the world. (laughs) That's That's a lot of fun. I wanted to share that at CoachDebbie.com, that's Debbie with a Y, I'm doing a little research these days on the best, oh, I don't know if free is the right word, but on the best software that an independent person like me can use, to offer online classes for the heroine's journey. So maybe some of you out there know, um, I, I would love to hear your input. I'm doing some research. I've got some classes coming up, and I just now really need to pave the way with a good software. So would love any input. You can write to me at debbie at coachdebbie.com, and those Debbies are with a Y, D-E-B-B-Y.
1: So what's important to you for your online class? What, what, what are some key features that you require?
4: Well, I want us to be able to all interact. I want us to have a discussion, not necessarily same time or synchronous, but I want us to all be able to discuss. Um, it would be really great if we had the ability to to also move into what we call breakout rooms, where certain groups can go over and talk on their own together. But more than anything, I don't want it to just be, I drop off ideas and people come and pick them up. I want people to, everyone that signs up, to be able to interact. Nice. Yes.
1: I'm sure there's something out there.
4: I know there is. I, I work with it at the college, and we pay pay. Billions and jillions for that service and there's got to be something for the independent person mm-hmm. so gotta how find much it. is
1: it ill jillion
4: Billions and jillions? jillions oh those are those are dollar amounts that the <laughs> government doesn't want you to know how much you're paying yeah
1: <laughs> very good well hopefully somebody out there if not we can explore and- yeah
4: we're exploring. We're exploring, but I find anytime I ask a question, there's somebody sitting right next to me that knows
1: the answer. <laughs> You're so using I, the power. <laughs> I just, yeah,
4: I just thought I'd put it on out there.
1: Nice. Our guest today, who's our guest today?
4: Judy Ford, and she is right here in our backyard in the Pacific Northwest. She is a love therapist. I'll let you do the reading.
1: Yeah. Well, she is an author. She has, I think, eight books. She's working on her ninth. And her most recent book, Everyday Love, The Delicate Art of Caring for Each Other.
4: Something we should always pay attention to. Yeah,
1: I think it's a big solution. Before we introduce her, though, I would encourage people to go to the website, and her links are right there. So if you go to www.lifemasteryradio.net and click on today's show page, I put all of her links there. I think I have one more to add to her blog, but we're going to talk about her wonderful blog. It's just really cool blog. You don't have to worry about writing anything down today.
4: No, nothing. www.lifemasteryradio.net
1: Okay. Judy Ford is a licensed clinical social worker from the University of Washington. She maintains a psychotherapy practice in Kirkland, Washington. Not only is she an author, but she's a mother, a friend, and an inspirational role model. She has been studying love and relationships for over three decades, specializing in love loss and the things that matter most. Articles on her work have appeared in the O, the Oprah magazine, Cosmopolitan, Glamour, Women's Day, and Family Circle, among others. Her media appearances have included Oprah, CNN, and National Public Radio. And now, of course, Life Mastery Radio. We are so honored to have her on the show with <laughs> us today. With compassion and candor, her works speak to the heart, inspiring us to love life, to, preserve, to persevere through its challenges, and to share our gifts with others. And that's what Life Mastery Radio is all about. Welcome to the show, Judy. How are you today, my friend?
2: I'm good.
5: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, you are such a kindred You just seem like such a kindred soul. My goodness. And you, and you have quite a journey. So... Let's just back up a little bit and how did you start on the path of exploring love or what brought you to that understanding or wanting, I guess, having the passion to just go ahead and explore? wiggle
4: around on this. Why don't you? <laughs> um, uh, you know, I
5: grew up, I grew up in the 60s and what I wanted in my life was. To get married and have a white picket fence and a family, and I, my, I wanted to be a housewife. That's what I wanted.
1: But you know, every girl's dream.
5: It was my, it was my dream, and um, I went to college and I married the man of my dreams, dear sweet Jack, and mm-hmm. he climbed the corporate ladder and I had a career kind of on the side. I was a social worker. Worker working with gang kids in East L.A. and Watts, and um, um, was in love with my life. And one night, uh, Jack came home home from work and um, died of a heart attack at age 29. We were both 29, and this was um, a giant. uh, This was my first major. trauma in my life, and it, as I say, love will take you to your knees more than anything else in life, you know,
2: yeah.
5: and and so this started a search. I was in terrible grief and despair. Um, we had just moved to a new city, and I did not know one single person in the town when he died, and um, I was in grief and So I did the only thing I really knew how to do, and that was uh, I got married again. Um, Mm. And I advise anyone who's listening, it's not a good idea to get married when you're in the middle of grief. (laughs) And so, as you can imagine, it was not a good decision. And uh, my second husband ran away with my first husband's money, and I was left with a, a child who was in critical condition at Children's Hospital. And um, that was another – I was still in grief, and I, I realized at the age of 35 that the chances were that I was going to be single for the rest of my life. And I was very afraid of that. I was very scared of that, but I thought I better learn about what is love, what is life. I call it my a grief-stricken existential crisis, which sent me on a search to find out really who I was, what life was about for me, to, to discover if I could find meaning, to discover if I could be in love even if I didn't have a lover. So that is how my journey yeah. began. And it's been a long Yeah, journey.
4: that's a heroine's journey for sure.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, that brings me to today. Yes. today. And today I'm in love with these beautiful trees. I'm looking out on the beautiful trees. And, you know, um, there's so much about life to, lo- to love. And what I've discovered about love and grief... Um, is that grief and love go hand in hand, and when we are in deep grief, which comes up for us every in the fall, it really comes up because we love. We can see how beautiful our how beautiful life is, but there's this, it's like hearing a beautiful violin music. Sometimes the beautiful violin music is so beautiful that it brings up this space of grief because we know that we are all slipping away. We're all letting go of all that we love. And mm-hmm. um, so grief reminds us how much we really do love our lives and the things in our life. So they go oh, to
4: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think you're really talking t- also to the power of seeing grief through because there is that... Mm-hmm. That natural tendency of wanting to run from grief. Yeah. It's so huge. It's so heavy. And who can blame you for in the moments of grief saying, gosh, I've got an idea. I'm going to get married and get out of this, exactly. you know, but, but of course, um, we get to learn later that, that's not the way through grief, unfortunately. So I, I wonder then, because the 30s feel like that time, you mentioned you were 35. Mm-hmm. It it so feels like that time in which if I don't get my life together now, I'll, it'll just be like this forever. I don't know yeah. why that message plays so strong. But what yeah. what helped you go from, oh, no, I've done something that doesn't suit me to I'm going to get my power back?
5: It was um, the recognition that I thought I better pay attention here. You know, uh, it seems like it's working out for every everyone around me. Everyone around me was happily mar- quote happily married and having a wonderful life with a white pickup fence, and that was not what was happening for me. So I thought, okay, maybe God is trying to tell me something. I better figure out how to. I better figure out how to um, enjoy my life as is. And it wasn't an overnight uh, thing, uh, of course. It was a, began a, what I consider to be, you know, a spiritual search, a quest to find. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was a spiritual quest, uh, but I knew that I had better not look to what I had looked at. I, you know, my first husband died. My second husband sure. I got divorced. So something was, I needed to see what that message was for me. And that's how I looked at it. What do I need to figure out here?
4: Awesome. Wonderful. And is that what led you to start writing your books?
5: I didn't write I didn't write my first book until I was uh, 49. So, um,
4: And did you write it all through that time?
5: No. uh uh-uh. I I uh, what happened was I I had, you know, I had my daughter and I was a single um mother and I had my daughter and I was madly in love with her and um I started um Uh, teaching class. I I started sort of teaching classes. I was a a therapist. I worked in agencies. I worked with families and children and worked placing children in foster homes and evaluating foster homes and worked in mental health clinics and taught parenting classes and those kinds of things. And I ended up teaching parenting workshops. And from there, I Mm -hmm. um, wrote a poster. And it was a very kind of a well-selling poster It sold all over it was called um you know it was a big poster you could put on your wall called wonderful ways to love a child no i think that one yeah it was called wonderful ways to love a child and somebody at one of the classes i was teaching came up to me and he said they said i think that should be a book and i'd never even thought of writing a book so i i basically compiled all my workshop notes and put it into a book and i sent it off to this is a a long time ago, you know, when publishing was different than it is now, but I sent it off to a, a publisher, and she called me up and, and she said, "We want to buy your book." And she said, "But oh,
2: uh, awesome."
5: And she said, "But Judy, if you're going to be a published author, you should learn something about sentence structure. <laughs> so from there, I had to learn about <laughs> I had to learn about uh, sentence structure and how to write, because I wasn't a writer, I was always a speaker, basically is what I was. And so, um, wow! and, um, I'm happy to tell you that my first book, wonderful ways to love a child, my very first book really has sold over 300,000 copies. And so nice. that's a lot. And, uh, it was, it's been a magical book. It still sells really well. And it's about, you know, loving a child. And when you have a child, you're changed. You're not the same person that you were before. Right. And whenever right. you love, love, when you really love, um, it's not you don't. It's not about what's in it for me. It's about how can I help this child? How can I help this person that I love? How can I support them on their journey? And um, so I feel like this was a divinely inspired book. I feel very blessed to have yeah. written it, even though it's not perfect sentence structure, but it's written with <laughs> a lot. Of, it's, it's written with a lot of love.
4: You're off the hook for that, Judy. <laughs> you
2: know, I. I I'm
4: talking I to heard...
5: an English teacher, right? You know,
4: <laughs> so, uh,
1: I. Yeah. I once heard that it described as you know spirit or God or whatever it is that you believe gives us these wonderful gifts for mm-hmm. us to mold and shape and then release them into the world. Yeah. And you know that really that really um, I guess woke me up to that concept that they are gifts and mm-hmm. it's not for us to own or possess they are our children but really our job is to guide and and mold them mm-hmm. for their life journey mm-hmm. but the thing is is we don't have the instruction book we don't you know we don't come into this world with the instructions on how to do that so a good book whether it has good sentence structure or not i could see be very <laughs> appealing <laughs> well let's 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 talk about kids today a little bit maybe and loving them you know this is a different world and Things are dynamic and changing, and what's going on with kids today? Is there something that really pops up that can help help us to guide them?
5: Kids are stressed out. Yeah. They are very stressed, and their parents are very stressed. And the okay, emphasis in our world on competition and hurrying up and grabbing something for oneself, it's really scary. Everyone's stressed Everyone's stressed. I agree. Everyone's worried about the future. You know, we're already talking to children, uh, children instead of playing outdoors. You know, kids don't even really hardly play outdoors anymore. I, mean, I it's know. Unbelievable. You just don't hear
4: it. You don't hear go outside and play with your you friends. No,
5: no, people do not let their children go outside and play. They don't say just go out. You know, my mother said go outside and don't come back until dinner time because
1: yeah. <laughs> I'd be gone. I was for bugging hours. her yeah. so
5: much, right? So. But kids don't have that opportunity anymore. Uh, so this is people are very stressed. The parents are stressed. Both parents are working, you know, I was going to say 40 hours a week, but it's not 40 hours a week. It's more than that. The demands, the pulls on everyone. Today, kids are, families are asking me all the time, well, how can, we're so stressed, what can we do? And I say, this is sort of becoming cliche now, but turn off, your favorite digital devices. You know, family members are not connected. Everyone has their favorite di- digital device and that or their f- favorite appliance, and that's how they spend their lives, you know, hooked to this thing. I um, uh,
1: Communication so is different, too. Uh-huh.
5: Um, constant communication. But you know, I was,
1: I was thinking about this yesterday because I have three daughters, and it seems... It seems the only way that I can really communicate with them is through texting. Mm-hmm. And, but, but I thought about this and, you know, I can really, I could, I can talk to them more or interact with them more than say my mother could interact with me. And I thought this through and I thought, you know, I could send whenever I think about my kids. Mm-hmm. I could send them a quick "I love you" or a smiley mm-hmm. face, or just say, "Hey, how's it going? What are you up to? What are you doing?"
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and and just get that communication and that interaction going. And I thought, wow, this might be the evolution then of mm-hmm. what's going on today. You know, it's kind of rough right now, but mm-hmm. I can see it helping us stake or get connected, like you talked about, or, or staying even or getting a deeper connection. I guess is what I to say.
5: Well, I think that is that is you know a positive side of the, you know, texting, the kids love to text. That is the positive side of it. The downside of it is that my experience is is that people are numb to their inner life and everything the outer life, and people do not know what they feel. They hardly know what they think, Uh, and so that is the downside because you cannot get in touch with your inner life through, a digital device—it's not possible. That's true. And um, I recently um, was shocked, and I—I—I I, I, I work with a lot of people in the high up, you know, in the tech world who are on the kind of edge of what's happening, and um, there is um, nowadays what people are—they because they don't feel. They don't know what they feel. They're not in connect with their in, inner life. They say in the entertainment world, the new thing that is happening and is very... Some people think this is the next big thing in the entertainment world are experiences. For example, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, this week, there is um, where you can pay money and you go and you have a horror experience they sell these I right, heard
4: about this.
5: Uh-huh. And and this is the next big thing in our entertainment. This is where entertainment is working that will give people experiences so that they can feel because they do not feel connected when you're connected to a digital device. You don't feel. You don't know even right. when, when people come to counseling um I ask, they tell me, I say, how's your life going? And they tell me about everything that's going on in their life, right, outside. And I say, how's your inner life? And people don't even know they have an inner life.
4: No, so they I, don't. And it, it, mm-hmm. isn't it surprising to you? I, I find well, this with need my to students know, as children- well.
5: You know, children need to know that they have an inner life. And if their parents don't talk them to them and give them experiences, I used to wake my daughter up when she was young and I'd say, Come on, we're going for a walk and she'd say, Mom, I can't go to walk, I gotta go to school in the morning. I'd say, No, honey, we gotta go see the moon. So we would walk along Mm -hmm. Lake Washington, you know, at two o'clock in the morning. And that are the kinds of experiences that our children need to get in touch and Uh, with the inner life and someone has to direct them to that. And we're not doing, we're not doing that in schools. We're not doing that as parents because we don't even have time for our own inner life. And that's not true for everyone, but I'm saying in general.
4: Yeah, I, I'm with you, Judy. I, I think when, when we forget about our inner life, we are not promoting that in, in the younger people around Mm -hmm. us. If we're all caught up in our stresses and our outer life, our image, how we look on Facebook, mm-hmm. how our career is, is mounting. We're, we're not really connected as mm-hmm. much to our inner life, and that message isn't passed down. And I know looking back, I, I told you before the show that I'm writing a memoir. Mm-hmm. When I look back, my, my some of my deepest griefs around my parents is that there were so many times in which they were busy mm-hmm. where I just I just wanted to be with them. Yeah. There there was a time in which my mother was single and I was young and she just couldn't be with me. Mm-hmm. And I had a babysitter that would take me from Friday morning until Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't get to be with my mother for a few days. And I remember that being very very difficult not having that contact. Now my mother lives a few states away and we text each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think, wow, what, what I would give, you know, to just mm-hmm. be elbow to elbow with her at times, to, to feel her physical touch. Because I think for children, that's so essential to feel your way through the world, not just be told your way through the world.
5: I had a little boy, um, one time I asked him, well, I used to ask a lot of children, what is the most fun you ever had with your parents? And this little boy was one of those little, he was eight years old, he was a very thinking little boy, and he did a little double take, and he said, the most fun I ever had? I said, yeah, <laughs> what was the most fun that you ever had? And he said, um, bah, 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 well, we played bass, mom, he said, well, one time my dad came home, and he didn't take off his suit, and he said we could sit on the curb and watch the bugs go by. Oh. (laughs) Wow. And so, so you know, the problem is with all the, in my opinion, the problem with all all this electrical stuff that we're all hooked up to, yes, there's marvelous things about it, but making the transition from the go-go, pressureful life that we're all leading to slowing down. That's a very big transition. And so much of my work with my highly stressed clients are helping them make that transition because you can't go automatically from push, push, push mode, which is what we operate on, into relaxing slow flow mode that is a big transition once you get to flow mode it's it's great and it feels wonderful but hey. getting there is very difficult so how you make that transition is what people need help with and we don't really talk about it you know yes we all have to go to work and under pressure but and work in the push mode but how do we then move into slow flow watch the bugs go by mode hey. big transition
4: I think a lot of those hows are in processing that grief. Let's talk about that after the break.
1: Speaking of taking a break, it is time to take a break. We're going to take a little break, but we've got more with Judy Ford and our wonderful discussion about connection. And I'm sure that in the next half hour, we're going to bring up the topic of love and how that interplays. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
6: We all have amazing talents and knowledge that should be shared with the world. Become a host on Contact Talk Radio and help spread your insight and wisdom. Help others grow as you grow your business and reach a level of connection far greater than you could reach on your own. Take the first step and learn more by visiting contacttalkradio.com or contact Cameron at 425 221 3646. Continue to spread the word about the importance of conscious living. Have you taken the time to visit our Facebook page and like us? If you're saying no, it's time to change that answer. What's great about Contact Talk Radio's Facebook page is the fact that so many people are contributing helpful information to it. Not only does the staff at Contact Talk Radio update the page throughout the day, but so do our hosts. You'll know when shows are live and what the show's topic is. If a host is doing readings, you'll know when to call in and what number to use. Or maybe one of our hosts just wants to share some words of wisdom or a picture to brighten your day. You won't know what's waiting for you unless you visit our page. Go to Facebook.com slash CTR network and like us. That's Facebook.com slash CTR network. Happy Facebooking want to become a member of an amazing and fun group of individuals then you need to join the contact talk radio network when you join contact talk radio you join our social network where you can chat with the show hosts and other members post pictures even videos when you join contact talk radio you receive exclusive information about our shows events and all the latest happenings when you join contact talk radio you become a member of our team Blazing a trail to greater understanding of the world we live in. Signing up takes less than a minute and boom, you're in. Don't wait. Come join us. Visit contacttalkradio.com now and click sign up.
1: Welcome back to Life Mastery Radio. If you just tuned in, we've been having a amazing discussion with Judy Ford. She's an author and writes about relationships and love and connection. And before the break, we were talking about connection and how people are not connected with their inner self. It's all about this outside stuff and that is being reflected onto their children and their relationships. And it's it's be- it it seems to be an evolution that society has to go through. And, you know, as I always say, we don't get to know how we don't want to be until we get there. And I think we're getting there. And I think Judy has a great message. And I'm curious, Judy, because we're not innerly connected, you know, it's hard to give love away. Because you can't give an apple away if you don't have an apple and all you have is an orange.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, it's it's worthwhile to learn how to really take care of yourself, and we're taught the society message anyway is how to be better, how to um, compete. Um, it's based on if you don't do really really well. In whatever it is you're doing, you're somehow going to be left out, not fail, etc. And in in a way, it's very true. That's what we've built everything on. But those thing that that focus keeps us away from what we need inside, what the individual person needs in the inside. We're not we're taught so much about taking again taking care of the outer, taking care of the other person that we don't exactly know how to take care of ourselves, how to listen to the little wee voice, you know, inside. And that is a skill and, and to, to learn. It's a skill to learn. What do I want today? What would be good for me in this moment? Those are things we don't automatically think of. And so it's right. reprogramming. And we feel selfish when we do. People say, oh, I'm selfish. I'm selfish. I'm selfish. And, um, uh, so that is a reprogramming that we need to talk about. Because what well, let's we back do- up
1: just a. Oh, go ahead. Go go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say let's back up just a little bit. And I know you work with this every day, so it, it's it's going to be very prevalent. I'm sure. What are some of the telltale signs that you see in people that they're not dealing with their inner self, or they haven't connected with it, or I'm I'm sure one of the biggest one is, is that. You know, they have a big hole in their heart.
5: They're anxious. Well, they wouldn't describe it that way. They would describe it that they're anxious. They can't sleep at night. Um, they feel nervous. They are taking um, anti... They, they, they have what we call generalized anxiety disorder. We feel, they feel anxious all the time. And they don't exactly know why. And they might blame it on, well, work is very pressureful. That is true. Work is very pressureful. But the generalized feeling of anxiety inside of us. And there's a natural state that just living on the planet, you know, we have to, we have a natural uh, level of anxiety. But it's a heightened sense of feeling anxious, feeling like they're shaking on the inside, not being able to sleep. All the addictions that are in the world, you know, these addictions are not... um, uh, because these people are bad, rotten people. It's because they are trying to quell something that in, is inside of themselves, that they don't have the skills or know-how or even recognize, oh, this is some. They think it's something wrong with them. It's not that something's wrong with us, them. It's that something is kind of wrong with society. And so um, we have to slowly learn that we are created, as I believe, Excuse me. I can think we were created whole, and I think that we are created to to put on this really beautiful planet, which is a, can be you know when you think about it, we're all sitting on a little ball that's skimming through space. So that's scary, but it's also sure. very beautiful, and um, we're meant to enjoy it, to enjoy ourselves, to be enthusiastic, to be curious to feel alive, just to have sparkle in our eyes. And we can look around and see the people who have some sparkle in their eyes and people who don't. And mm-hmm. all the addictions, there's lots of addictions that people are using to keep that anxiety at bay. And so anxiety is really our friend. It is telling us something. It's noticing that anxiety and what do I need to do for that.
1: That's and the then people go Right. And people go to the doctor and then they get prescribed pharmaceuticals to help yeah. them deal with the anxiety uh-huh. and the problem yeah. just snowballs. Yeah. yeah. Well,
4: they're uh-huh. not dealing with their feelings and they, they don't know that this is a, a feeling based problem. Yeah. They, they, I, speaking from the, the personal, I, I was ready to duck myself into an institution when I was uh-huh. 30 years old because I just thought that that sort of anxiety was, um, unique. And, and, um, a problem and my problem. I didn't realize it was a societal problem and that I was sitting among millions of people going through it as well. I mean, shame keeps us quiet. Yet on the other hand, when, when you start to say, I'm not going to live with this anymore. I, I want a, a better life for myself. Doors open mm-hmm. and doors that you didn't even know existed open. And, and there's windows in your life that you can fly through, but it, it really does require a lot of support. And I, I think it's just key that, that you understand this and that there's so many people in your profession that understand this and can bring to life the idea that love is part of everyday living. I'd really, really would love to hear about that transition from anxiety to knowing and understanding love?
5: Well, love is not something, you know, that's out there that you acquire. It's not, yeah. it can't be acquired. If I only had the perfect man, if I only found the great woman, if I only had the really nice car, uh, then I would somehow feel filled up with a, a you know, a love. It's not a, 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 a something that is acquired. It is the condition. It really doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. Love really is the condition of your own heart. And so to make the switch, we have to kind of talk about that love has something to do with us, not with acquiring something else. And it happens every day. Love is, where, is shown every day. It's not something place out in the future. It's in the mundane tasks of every day. And what we have, you know, to ask ourselves, what do we love about this day and this moment? What do we love? And start listing the little things that we love. I really like the yellow tree that's right outside my office window right now. I love that tree. I feel feel my heart. I look at it and I feel open to that. I love that tree. Love happens every single day. How we talk, we express our love in how we speak. We express our love in the tone of our voice. We express our love by the look on our face. We express our love through our touch. These are very simple ways. This is the first way a child feels love is by the touch mm-hmm. of a parent. This is the way our partners can feel love, not by our words. Words are really nice. But by our touch, by the look on our face, by the tone of our voice. This happens every moment in family. Between love relationships, how do you express yourself through the tone of your voice, the look in your eyes, the smile on your
6: face?
4: Mm -hmm. So it's a state of being. Love is a state of being, not something to go out and almost purchase by proving yourself worthy.
5: If you are washing the dishes and you're feeling grateful that you have water and that you have dishes (laughs) and that you had food on the table... That is a little twist. It may sound, some people say, oh, Judy, you're such a Pollyanna. Uh, I got to this space by really hard work, really yes. hard work. Because many years, I didn't see one thing about loving of, of my life. I felt my life was destroyed. So when I start, well, I do have some water running out of the sink. That's, I do like that. I do like taking a shower mm-hmm. and feeling warm water over my back. That's something to really love. And that is where love happens every day. Do we do our work with a cheerful heart and, yes, we're exhausted. Yes, it's demanding. Yes, we don't have enough money in the bank. All those things are true. All those things are true. And it's also true that there's really something to love amidst all of that. And it's about where we put our focus.
1: Well, I think, and you just said a very key word, and that's, Really finding gratitude, gratitude in the things that are around us, the gra- gratitude in, in ourselves, really. And I have to think that's one of the first steps is beginning to recognize that.
5: And also to not beat yourself up if you're not feeling very grat- oh, gratitude. Oh, yeah. So if you are being really cranky and you're not feeling gratitude, I think you should enjoy that, too and uh, kind of laugh at yourself. We have to have a sense of humor about ourselves to ga- gain a little distance. You know, I am really mad today. Nothing is going well. All right, well, that's okay. And we can learn how to sort of um, detach, and, and I, I like to detach with uh, humor, you know, about about it all. But to all the people that are young, I don't want them to feel like they're doing something wrong if they don't feel this. It takes a long time to learn this just get a handle on all this and to just remember. I, I feel like I was, you know, my two husbands died and and that um, those were our, all, all reminders, were deep personal reminders that were slipping away and um, we all are slipping away.
4: We're sure. sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's so wonderful when we can enlist help and the like you were just saying, we we need to feel happy for those days when we're just not in that groove and feeling it. I, there's so many times when I've said to Todd, you know, gosh, Monday was great and Tuesday was wonderful and Wednesday was perfect and Thursday, fantastic and Friday and the weekend's here and now I feel terrible. And he's <laughs> like, oh, you. You cranky girl. You silly girl. Come on. And, and it's really wonderful to have someone bring the humor back and help you realize, you know, a mood is just a mood. It's just going to pass it. It, it's really, I, I find for me essential to have someone that, that kind of gets it and will go through it with you and, and be non-judgmental and remind you that love is just something you can step into in the next moment. I
5: think that's that's right, yeah. really, yeah. I think that is really exactly right on. When you have a partner in your life who can help you get, get have some perspective on it, and can make it not make it a problem, not put you down for the space you're in, but just kind of coax mm-hmm. you along. I think that's a wonderful thing.
1: Or react. I think a lot of people, you know, something. It's like a, it's almost like a ping pong game. You know, uh
2: huh.
1: You. Mm-hmm. you it just goes back and forth, back and forth, and you hurt me. Now I got to hurt you twice as much, and now I've hurt you twice as much, and you got to come back four times. And it's just it, it's a
4: that's a yucky game.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it it it, it happens. Yeah. I think
5: it's reactionary, we were, yeah. reactionary rather than responsive.
4: Right. Yeah. We want
5: to learn exactly. how to kind of respond rather than react.
4: It's amazing though who you can enlist to to help. Uh, for so yeah. long, my my partner was my brother, and that in any time, no matter what was going on in my life, I could just call up my brother and and say, "Here here's my day, and I'm stuck." Debbie, and, I think
5: that is I think that is really a fabulous um, point that you are making. Is being able to ask for help and if you don't know where to ask to start looking around and and reaching out for help i think and because there is those supportive we can find support and i think that's mm-hmm. really that's really right on
4: and it it's surprising the people the, the number of people that love us yeah and we don't even know it yeah. i i have uh friends that just have offices around the corner from me and such. And there was a time in which I sort of slipped out of the community because I was dealing with so much grief. And as I started to slip back in, people said, gosh, I was just wondering what happened to you. I just haven't seen you. And I thought, now here's someone that loved me and I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. Just didn't even Mm -hmm. know it. Yeah, I love that. That's
5: exactly right. How many people really do love us?
4: They're all around us. Mm-hmm. But if we don't ask for a little thing, we might not see that doorway that connects us.
5: Mm-hmm. I think that would be a really good exercise is to make a list of the people that you that might love you. You may not know for sure if they love you, but you could take that list. And my guess is that that list would be longer than you imagine. And my guess is that they those people do love you. They, they would notice if you were gone. They would miss you.
4: I think that would
1: be a wonderful. I'm going to mm-hmm. do that in my own life. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da,
4: a gift. <laughs> a gift, yes. <laughs> yeah. Have we talked about her fantastic blog? At this, I don't think we've mentioned her great blog.
1: Uh, go for it.
4: Go for it. She, uh, Judy has uh, a cartooning blog, and the address is is it cartooningcounseling dot com? dot com. Cartooncounseling dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So. The, one of the things I think the reason I just thought of this now was, you know, who loves you? Who loves you? Judy show, shows this in pictures. I'd love for you to tell us about how this blog came to be, and and how it is so different from others because it's it's not your commonly written blog.
5: Well, I um I uh, am I was the oldest person by decades. <laughs> in the carto- my cartooning class at the University of Washington. For some reason, I decided I wanted to take a cartooning class. It just came to me. And so I went and I took this class. And listen, those kids in that class, they could really draw. I couldn't. I'd never <laughs> draw. And it was intimidating to sit with these great cartoonists. And um, I just kept plugging away because now I'm, you know, I'm older, so you just say, okay, just keep on. And I, so I started drawing cartoons, and I just love drawing cartoons. And so I – and the cartoons that uh, – well, one day the professor in the class said, one of the students who could draw these incredible – they drew a lot of superheroes. And um, one student raised their hand and said, well, how do you come up with cartoons? And the professor said, Judy, tell them, how do you come up with ideas for your <laughs> cartoons? And I said, every day, everywhere this class of people in this, because, mm-hmm. and so what happened was I started thinking in terms of cartoons. Now I see everything as a cartoon and r- believe me, it has really helped me in my life. I've gained some distance and everything is really funny. And there's so many cartoons. Everyone's a cartoon character walking around. And in fact, if I call you <laughs> a cartoon <laughs> character, that's the highest compliment I give you. And oh, wow. uh, everyone is a cartoon character and life is like a giant cartoon. And um, so that's where my, I started drawing, drawing cartoons, and um, my blog is my cartoons and my take on what I see going on around me.
4: That's a fantastic practice of detachment and perspective totally. as well.
5: Uh-huh. It is. You've, and
4: now my
2: clients, my
5: clients start seeing themselves as cartoons. And some of my cartoons are based on my clients, and they give me permission, and they're very happy to have the cartoon of themselves. And um, yeah, you can gain some real detachment when you see that everyone is a cartoon, and you can have so much more empathy for people, and you can appreciate the the difficult cartoon character, and the superhero cartoon character, and the soft, gentle cartoon character. So much fun! So much fun! All of them. And I'm writing my memoir.
1: You've like given me brain. new so, great sorry. insight. Oh, I'm sorry, we're stepping on each other a little bit, but you just—I just have to say—you've given me great insight because I started out at about twelve, thirteen, fourteen drawing cartoons and, and creating characters, and ah. and I haven't touched—I haven't touched it since then. But oh. you know, today I. Walked Today I walk around and I kinda of do the same thing. I'm I, I, I recognize, oh wow, there's a speech in that. Oh wow, there's there's a humorous story in that. Yeah. And everything. so I, I kinda of earmark those that way. But that's kind of Everything
5: funny. is material. Everything is yeah. material. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So you were about to say something. You have a new book coming out. I'm sorry I stepped on you a little oh. bit, but I, I just kinda of had it. To...
5: No, that's okay. Um, I um I'm well I'm in the process of finishing up my memoir which is called enlightenment on a dead end street and nice. it's all done in cartoons. So it's a, it's a graphic memoir. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's really wow. wonderful. It's been wonderful.
1: You have a wonderful story and you know, your website is really informative. It leads you to, um, all of the books that you've written and with a little blurb about each one and goodness, you're just on a roll. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know
5: what? Well, um, uh, uh, well, you know what, when you don't have a partner in your life, which is always mm-hmm. what I wanted, but like I told you, my last partner um, died of cancer, and I took care of him for a year while he was dying. But you know what I have is I have creativity, and I consider, people say, oh, Judy, you're so creative. Well, I never thought I was creative. But you know what happens is the divine, it's plugging into the divine, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, love whatever, plugging into that, it's, everyone is creative and we have this tremendous creative ability flow in the universe that we can all plug into at any time in our lives. And I'm very fortunate to be, I'm going to be 70 years old and I'm very so delighted that I have found my creativity because now I don't have to go looking for husbands anymore. I just go, instead, i Creativity comes, and it's really nice.
4: Oh, you're right. Creativity is the link to true love. It, it's I,
5: the link to true love. It's great. the cure for depression, loneliness, yes. angst, yes. fear, all creativity, and all everything. Totally, and that is the whole thing. You know, I used to paint big canvases, and people and I have canvases all over my house. People say, Judy, why do you paint so many canvases? I said to keep from slitting my wrist. And they laugh. I think that's funny. But it's not. (laughs) It's the truth. It's the truth. So, (laughs) angst, fear, depression, self doubt plug into your creativity. And don't tell me you're not creative because everyone is.
1: Everyone Um, is. And we all have the ability. You know, you talked, you touched a little bit on on tapping into that divine. And we just have a couple of minutes left. But I'm just kind of curious. How you guide people into that thought, or how you guide people into, I guess, spirituality, because it, you know, we are spiritual beings, but yet some people, you know, they really have this notion that that's not, that's not for them. That's not something they want to get into. That resistance? The resistance to that.
5: I don't, uh, I think it has to do with, um, hearing where they're at. Because when one rejects, something that's so obvious it's because they're they've had bad experiences around it you know so i i like to hear people's objections i love their objections and i don't try to talk them into anything i think that there's something to learn in in our objections and if we when we can start listening to our own objections that is really uh, because we have so many objections ourselves Well, I don't Mm -hmm. want to do that, and I won't do that. The first word that most people say when you ask them anything is no. You know, no, I do not want to do that. (laughs) I didn't know that. And that is, because that's, you know, what a two-year-old, that's the most important word that a person, that's next to daddy and mommy, the next word that a child, you know, really learns is no. And that is a very important word, and to allow the person to really say no. You can't say yes until you can say no. And so you wow. give them the space to say no to, because that's how you define yourself, as a separate individual. So all you parents out there who don't want to let your children say no, let them, and when they practice saying no to you, and teenagers say a lot of no again, let them say no to you, because if they can't say no to you and practice saying no to you, then they can't say no to outside forces that are influencing
4: them. It's really true. Wow. It's really, that's really, really cool. true. Yeah. yeah. Yes, a father of three daughters, it's very true. Yeah, no, 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 that's a good
5: word. (laughs) And and the only other last thing that I want to say about relationships, because we didn't talk about romantic relationships too much today, but Mm -hmm. I want to say this is, I think, the most important thing for people to hear, is do not try to change your partner. Do not try to change your partner. Let them be who they are. And Mm -hmm. um, that allows them to become who they are. But if you're trying to change their partner, what's the first word they're going to say? No. You can't help me. You're not the (laughs) boss of me. I'm not going to do it that way, blah, blah, blah. Don't try to interfere with your partner's um, way.
1: Oh, my goodness! This hour just went so quick, and we heard some great wiz, great words of wisdom say no to change i think i 'll put that on i know i 'm just kidding <laughs> say no to change it 's been really, really wonderful having this discussion with you today, Judy. Thank you so much. Continue on with your work and i can you know I can just feel your energy and i just so appreciate what you 're doing and and all the wonderful things that you described for us today.
5: Thank you. And Now, could you tell me where I could hear this program?
1: Yeah. It'll be up in iTunes later on this afternoon. And at the same time, it will also show up on www.lifemasteryradio.net. Just click on today's show page and you can listen to today's show right from the website.
5: Okay. And And I'll send you a link. Okay, good. And then I can send it out to people
1: too, huh? Yep. Oh, yeah.
4: Okay. Absolutely.
2: hey you guys, thank that's you about so all much. We, have- we had fun, oh, you guys were
5: good you yeah. guys were good
1: yeah, thank-, thank you okay. thank you were easy you.
5: to talk to, I, I enjoyed it you made it possible,
1: okay. thank you thank you, mm, namaste my friend that's it for today tune in again next week we have another wonderful guest great discussion and it's just like we're sitting on a porch drinking an iced tea mm-hmm. make it a great day and remember, it's a choice bye bye for now
3: Thank you for tuning in to Life Mastery with Todd Allen, the talk radio show that dives into the science of higher consciousness. Join Todd and his guests weekly at 10 a.m. Pacific time and learn how to live a peaceful life. For more information on Todd and his guests, visit his website at www.lifemasteryradio.net. That's www.lifemasteryradio.net.